The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. And good morning to you. Here we go. And welcome to August. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Only 30 minutes on the air here. So let's get right to it. Brian Fiore, our branch director, Annex Wealth Management. We're going to check in with him. Going to talk about the ramifications to inheriting money with our estate planning team. My name is Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer. Good morning to you. Good morning, Danny. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, Danny. So, hi, Derek. Hello, how are you? Good, good. Thanks. Hey, July. So, as we round it out, it's been pretty good to investors. Let's review what we saw this week and the month in general. Well, July was the sixth month in a row. The S&P 500 is advanced. Um, A pretty good performance, up a little bit over 2% for the period. Uh, Small caps and the Nasdaq also participated, led primarily by strength in the technology sector and the healthcare sector, two of the growthier sectors of the U.S. economy. Okay. And, you know, we saw an 11.8% annualized rise in consumer spending, too. So what's the economic data showing us right now? Um, We're actually sort of in a Goldilocks environment. The U.S. economy is growing at a pretty strong rate. The second quarter GDP came in at 6.5%, the uh, best second quarter we've had in almost 20 years, uh, driven in part by consumer spending, as you mentioned. Uh, The the estimates did come down, however, and I think what's happened is, you know, the supply chain bottlenecks that have occurred, for example, shortages of semiconductors, limited the growth opportunity that would have existed had there not been a shortage. So as we get past some of the dislocations caused by the reopening, I would expect growth to continue into the third and fourth quarter. You probably weren't surprised, Derek, but I saw the mainstream media mostly kept saying what a disappointment this GDP number was. I try to pay as little attention as possible to the mainstream media because generally they react to headlines and what we react to is trends. Gotcha. Month-to-month result, essentially noise, and they cause people to move away from their financial plans, which is not our goal here. So trends, and also, of course, we look at the fundamentals and earnings, and we are in earnings season right now, so what is... uh that's showing us, and what does history show us? Well, earnings season has been fantastic. Uh, the beat rates are very high. The guidance has been very good. You know, we had a lot of high-profile reports this week, most notably Amazon on Thursday night actually missed on the revenue line. So that stock uh, had a setback, but again, it had advanced quite a bit into that report. We saw great numbers from Google. We've seen great numbers from any number of companies in the financial services area. Uh, so generally speaking, earnings continue to be good. And I think what you got to think about now, though, is once you get past earnings season, the market Markets tend to quiet down. Most of the advances in stocks occur in the period leading up to and during earnings and then sort of consolidate following that. So as we enter the summer months, it's a really good time to think about some of the companies that you wish you owned that you don't and also look at your portfolio and decide if you, where are you overweighted. Perhaps you want to rebalance and look for other opportunities, either uh, from the cyclical reopening trade or growth. So, you know, I hate to put a damper on the good earnings season, but I have to bring up what's on at least all of the uh, clients that I speak to's mind, and that's the resurgence of the virus. And 
volatility that might ensue. Yeah, I read an interesting paper, and, and the original COVID-19 was basically transmitted by one person to, to on average, two to three people. Mm-hmm. And this latest variant, the Delta variant, is twice as uh, infectious. So that means even though we have a lot of people in this country that are vaccinated, we could see case rates that are similar to what we saw in the last wave uh, last fall and into the winter. You know, my fear is the authorities will overreact and cause shutdowns, which could, you know, cause a modest impact on growth going forward. So investor expectations, then, if that does happen, they could be tempered a little bit. Right. And that's a headline that, of course, you want to fade. You, that's when you that you look at your shopping list, because the, the important thing isn't, to me, cases, it's hospitalizations mm-hmm. and deaths. And we've right. seen in the UK that while the number of cases is back to peak levels, the number of people who are actually going to the hospital or dying is significantly less. And we all know that the vast majority of older folks who are the most vulnerable have already been vaccinated. So the cases are skyrocketing. Hospitalizations are up. I mean, that's, that's going to happen. I don't hear the big death count, though. No, you don't. And that's a that's a good thing, of course. Um, But again, it's something the media will will look at. It's something some of the politicians might want to take advantage of to further control us, if you will. Uh, And it's just something you have to keep in mind as you look at the day to day movement in the stock market and your portfolio. The other thing that clients are is on clients mind candidly when they come in is inflation and thoughts on that. And the, the FOMC just met recently. Right. The FOMC continues to say that this inflationary uh, increase is transitory. And what I think they're really talking about, they're talking about things like used car prices, housing prices and the like, which have spiked dramatically. Uh, but the other things that are more important in terms of inflation and inflationary expectations are wage growth as it pertains to the labor market. And right now we're not quite seeing that. And also rents. Rents are very low. They've been they've been pushed lower basically because they didn't allow foreclosures or, or evictions. And I'm sure landlords are looking at the rise in housing prices and thinking, my gosh, you know, I should be able to charge more uh, to rent this unit than previously. So that could cause inflation to be somewhat persistent, but at a lower level than we've seen recently. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management, joined by Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA. We can help. Head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. You can click the Get Started button. The neat thing about that is you can set your own appointment when it's convenient for you. Sign up for the Axiom, which is our free weekly newsletter. All of that happens as easy as a click by heading to AnnexWealth.com, clicking that Get Started button. We're going to be back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. After all we've been through, isn't it time to focus on what really matters, living your best life? There are a lot of moving pieces when it comes to investment and retirement planning. It's important to get it right, and we can help. AnnexWealth.com is the place to start. Click the Get Started button. Put a pro on your side with a local fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management, AnnexWealth.com. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. It's a loss when somebody passes, but when they took the time to do things correctly with a well-constructed estate plan, it makes distribution of assets far easier. If you're on the list for some of those assets, there are right and wrong things to do. You also need to manage your expectations. Jill Martin is an estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management, and she's got experience with all of this. Hey, Jill, welcome back. Hi, Danny. How are you? Good. We're going to cover key aspects of inheriting money as well as covering the ramifications like taxes, the need to be patient, and the expectation there might be some surprises in store. It's a complicated thing, and a lot of times we talk about making sure you have an estate plan in place. 
But we see a lot of situations where now a parent passes away and you're inheriting that money. And it's kind of a, what do you do? What is the impact of all of this? How do I inherit this money? And those become really, really important conversations because if you do something wrong, it can really come back and bite you later. The first thing to really determine is what it is that you're inheriting. Cash investments, real estate, or IRAs, 401ks, does it matter? Well, it really does because there's different tax consequences associated with what are you inheriting. So if you're getting a 401k plan from a parent or a traditional IRA, you need to be worried about the tax consequences of that inheritance because it was tax deferred in your parents' hands. It's going to continue to be tax deferred in your hands until you actually take distributions out of that, which then you got to be prepared there's additional tax liability that you're going to have to pay and bear as a result of those distributions. That's going to be different, say, if you got just a life insurance policy or you inherited a CD or your name was on the bank account, right? Cash is just kind of cash, whereas investments and things like that could have income tax consequences. Once someone passes away, let's really assess what are all the different moving pieces that are happening here. Am I inheriting mom's house? Am I a beneficiary of the retirement account? Is there cash in a bank account? And really thinking through all of those separate pieces individually and then make sure you talk with an advisor, your, your own certified financial planner, your own wealth advisor, so that you understand the ramifications on you for inheriting that, that type of an asset. One thing you can be sure of, there are tax ramifications to inheriting money. It's basis adjustment at death mean? That sounds complex. It's complex, but it's something that's built into the tax code that's there today. What happens is, let's say you're going to inherit the cabin up north. Your parents bought that thing for maybe $50,000 25 years ago. Now it's worth 400000 If your parents were to have sold that, there would have been capital gain for the difference between the fair market value and what they paid for it. Whereas basis adjustment at death means that the cost basis becomes the fair market value of the property as of the date of death. The basis becomes 400000 the fair market value is 400000 You as the heir sell it after death, no gain or loss. So basis adjustment basically wipes out any unrealized gain or loss that existed prior to someone's death. Next question when inheriting money, how are you inheriting it? And there's three ways. The first is outright. That's basically just, you know what? I leave everything to my three kids and they get their one third and they can do with it as they see fit. Next is jointly, and it's kind of what you talked about with, say, it's the family cabin. Right, where all of a sudden, guess what? We leave that cottage or that cabin to the three kids, and now all three of them jointly own it together, which means now they are co-owners of one piece of property, and they all need to get along and play nice with each other. Well, we've done a segment on that as well, and that doesn't always happen. And the third way is in a trust. So a lot of times people, as part of their estate plan, want to provide some level of asset protection or they want to further control the inheritance that they leave for children or grandchildren. More on that in a bit, yes. So if you're inheriting money in a trust, what happens is is they your parents or whoever left you money has put some restrictions on how you get to use that money, which means it's not something that you can just throw into your bank account and spend like you want to. So that's where you're going to need some legal advice to understand your rights to that money. We see a lot of all of this at Annex Wealth Management. couple of suggestions. First, don't spend it before you get it. Right. I mean, that's the big one. 
I've been in this area for a long time. And what happens is the process of settling someone's affairs takes time. So number one is, is after your loved one passes away, don't just assume that you're going to get a check in two to three weeks. It never happens that fast. As a beneficiary, the worst thing you can do is make a really rash decision, such as I have a wealthy aunt, she passed away, I quit my job because I'm going to get a lot of money all of a sudden. Have you seen that? I have. Oh, okay. Second is be prepared for the tax ramifications. Got a story on that? Well, we do. And, you know, we see this a fair amount with people who are inheriting money that have never worked with a financial planner or done tax planning. If all of a sudden you're inheriting a $150,000 IRA from your dad, the last thing you want to do is say, just cut me a check, I need cash. Because that $150,000 is going to be completely taxable to you as ordinary income. And that means you're going to have a hefty tax bill. So that $150,000 might turn out to be more like ninety. dollars And the other one is be prepared to deal with your inheritance as part of a trust. And we talked about that a little bit. Right? Yeah. Um, again, that's where the person who left you money wants to control that money beyond their passing because they want to protect it for you, whether it's from divorce, creditors, just bad things in life that happen to people. And again, that's where you want to make sure you understand how you can get access to that money, but what was the purpose behind it? You don't want to necessarily end up like the trust fund babies that we hear about in Hollywood that are just living off of mom and dad's money and have never gotten their own job and career. You don't want to create that for your kids and for your legacy. So it's about making sure that you're instilling some family values and that money is just kind of a bonus or an emergency fund when they need it. Have a financial plan and as part of that financial plan and a state plan for sure. For sure. And then the other part of that is, is if you're inheriting money, that's a great time to start working with a financial planner so you understand the ramifications of that inheritance. Jill Martin, an estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary. And we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. So what do we have in common with professional athletes? And there's more than you think. You know, they got thousands cheering them on in person. They got millions watching them play. But the same thing that trips us up can also get them. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples. Hey, Brian. Good morning, Danny. Let's talk about the common gotchas that can happen to both pros and the rest of us. There are five main reasons pro athletes go broke. The rest of us can fall for them as well. And by the way, it's not for lack of education or business savvy. Brian, the first up is the need to support everyone. Yeah, me personally, I have not tried to support an entourage or anything like that. Uh, Well, my immediate family is four people, so I guess I have a four-person entourage. But you hear athletes or entertainers supporting large groups of family and friends, and I'm sure that is a guilt and stressful situation in that that scenario where they think they want to help because they can now all of a sudden. I think what happens is they may not save and invest for themselves or ourselves for our future needs, and they spend on today's needs of their friends and family. And in doing so, I think they can be neglecting their future needs. And the next up is children are expensive. Boy, they are. 
That's right. I am certain that any parent or friend can spend unlimited amounts of money on their children for almost an unlimited amount of time. U.S. Department of Agriculture estimates that raising a child costs about $234,000 per child, and that is before college. So a family of two, you know, you double that, $460,000 before college. This is something at Annex that we help plan for. We help parents and grandparents plan for this expense that's going to happen no matter like it or not. <laughs> like it or not. Pro athletes make a lot of money, but they fall victim to the same mistakes the rest of us make. Brian Fiore, branch director at Annex Wealth Management Naples. We're going over the commonalities. Next up, and everybody knows this, divorce is expensive. Yes, I think we as humans do not appear to be very good or a good bet on getting married or staying married. Statistics show that half of first marriages end in divorce, so that's not a very good figure. Divorce settlements are based on the snapshot of time, what your assets are. Usually you're splitting things in half. Uh, There's obligations afterwards, child support, alimony. So then you have other expenses that come into play, lawyers and future conflicts. Obviously, divorce is definitely expensive, and somehow if we can avoid it, that's a good thing, it seems like. Next up is keeping up with the Joneses, and maybe that's something as simple as your neighbor gets that really, really sweet boat, and you wouldn't mind an upgrade yourself. (laughs) Right. I think... uh Athletes who prioritize uh, material wealth, cars, houses, jewelry, and then also maybe have an entourage, they're going to be spending a lot of money on that. And they're making decisions over good financial discipline when they're doing that. I think this is the main reason we as humans have moved to funding our lifestyles with debt instead of saving and paying for most of all things as we go. I think this keeping up with the Joneses is the reason for that. And it's been a bad development in, in our history. What can trip up both pro athletes and regular people? The next is overconfidence. Brian, drill down a little bit on that one. Well, I I can remember when I'm a growing teenager thinking I can do anything. So I had overconfidence that, you know, that would last forever. Obviously, you grow and you get older and you learn things are different. But athletes can be the same way. Uh, Once they have made it to the professional level, they may think the money will never stop, that their career will keep going. Or people that work in a lucrative career the same way, they think the money's going to be coming in in the future in the same rate all the time. Pandemic has showed there's things that are going to change and be unpredictable. So our role at Annex is to ask what if questions, if this happens or that happens, and to stress test these types of theories and plans and, and to show if something does go wrong, you know, what does that look like for you and, and get you to think about it and, and maybe plan for it. So athletes and the rest of us who, who save understand that a cautious and respectful approach to finances you know, offers a more financial freedom later on, which is kind of what we do here. Yes, it is. We're ready to assist with investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. Do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. And you can also sign up for the Axiom. You are the guest editor this week on the Axiom. Yes, I am. A little bit about myself. Yeah, nice. So you can sign up for that at AnnexWealth.com as well. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Danny. We're going to be back, wrap things up. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. After all we've been through, isn't it time to focus on what really matters, living your best life? There are a lot of moving pieces when it comes to investment and retirement planning. It's important to get it right, and we can help. AnnexWealth.com is the place to start. Click the Get Started button. Put a pro on your side with a local fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management, AnnexWealth.com. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. 
This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We are back Sunday, August 1st, our website, AnnexWealth.com. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management, is here. Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, a CFP and a CDFA. Hey, Derek, could we chat for a moment about the relationship between the rate of inflation we're experiencing and interest rates? Well, I think that's, that's kind of a complicated subject, but basically one of our research partners this week showed that monetary conditions are, their loose, are the loosest they've ever been on record. And that's in the mm-hmm. face of what some people see as an increase in the rate of inflation. Now, remember, we're comparing an economy now that is reopening with lots of supply chain bottlenecks to an economy that was closed. So, of course, you're going to see uh, a rise in prices for used cars, homes, raw materials, lumber, etc. And we do believe many of those increases are transitory. And by, by transitory, I mean we're not likely to see similar increases going forward. Yes, lumber prices may be higher than they were three years ago, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to higher at the rate they've gotten higher recently. And that's the thing that I think people need to understand, because when you value risk assets, you have to look at interest rates, and part of interest rates are your expected inflation over time in order to, you know, you won't loan the money unless you feel like you'll cover that rate going forward. And to the degree that we have negative real interest rates, almost any risk asset looks attractive relative to fixed income. Okay, good. Thank you for breaking that down, because that is on a lot of people's minds, as well as the appointment of the new Fed chair. How important is it, do you think, for consistency in this time that we're going through and working through so many seismic changes in the economy? Well, Chairman Powell's term ends in February, so there'll probably be some discussion of that in the fall. But it's hard for me to imagine that any president would make would 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 appoint a more hawkish Fed chair mm-hmm. when you've got the kind of deficits that we're running, the kind of liabilities that we may owe if interest rates were to rise. Because the whole goal of the Biden administration is to basically grow the economy uh, from the bottom up by by increasing wages, by stimulating the economy through fiscal stimulus bills, and you don't want a Fed chairman who's going to go in the opposite direction and hinder growth going forward. So let's pivot to China for a moment and their crackdown on tech. Yeah, that's that's an interesting dilemma. I mean, 25% decline in the KWEB index, which is a well-traded well ETF. Um, essentially, what they're doing is something that perhaps we should have done years ago. They're looking at many of these companies, the tech companies, financial services, education companies, and they want them to follow the rules, whether it's listing requirements, uh, disclosures on the accounting side, you know, fair reporting of their results. So it's caused people to be concerned. I know that some some portfolio managers did ready, fire, aim. They just said the stocks are going down. I'm, I'm nervous about what the Communist Party in China is going to do. But there are some terrific companies in this rubble. And it's a really good time, I think, for investors who have no exposure to Chinese internet companies to take a look at those and build a shopping list because they're trading at one third the multiple of their comparables in the United States. So can we talk about how we're incorporating all this into our clients' portfolios? What are some recent portfolio moves? What well, are we applying? We, what we most recently did is we essentially rebalanced across the board. And what, what most people don't understand Understand is you know your portfolio is made up of equities and fixed income just to be simple and it's the equity allocation that tends to drive the volatility of the portfolio so when you see this S&P up almost 18% year to date and up 100% since the March uh, pandemic lows obviously that equity piece has grown beyond your target level so what you want to do is essentially 
to enhance your risk adjusted returns is take a little bit of money off the things that have worked, you know, look at valuation relative to other things within the equity piece. So you trim that down a little bit and you look for areas of fixed income or more defensive equity sectors in order to get back to your target levels of risk and risk allocation. And thoughtful rebalancing. It seems like history has shown us in times like these, the value of an advisor is stronger than ever. Well, I think the primary value of an advisor, aside from all of the other things like estate planning and financial planning, it's behavioral coaching because the tendency of Mm. people is to say, I want to own what went up yesterday, but that doesn't necessarily mean it will be up tomorrow. And you want to coach them and cause them to stick to their plan, understand that it's risk-adjusted returns that matter, not just opportunity on the upside. A question from the peanut gallery, and that would be from me. Derek, as a chief investment officer, do you enjoy earning season? Is it interesting to see this stuff come in? Is it like playoffs? Well, it's it's the real deal, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, rather than going from quarter to quarter and just kind of guessing about how companies are doing, you get to see what their results were in the past three months, six months. But more importantly, you can get a sense of what their senses is of, of the future. So you learn a lot from the corporate guidance you get from a company like Visa or a D.H. Horton, a home builder, or you know Morgan Stanley or J.P. Morgan. They give you a good sense of where things are going, and that does affect our tactical positioning on an ongoing basis. How close are they on forward guidance? Do they have to be? They don't have to be, and often they understate it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we've been seeing beat rates of over 80%. It's almost the point now where if you don't beat expectations, it was a bad quarter. So companies do like to under-promise and over-deliver. And you're generally looking also for comparative growth rates within sectors and within industries. I mean, there, there are lots of different banks, but some banks do a better job than others, and it's a way to ferret out where the opportunities exist within a sector. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Dion Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development at CFP and a CDFA. Thanks for watching the shop, Derek, and thank you for helping so many clients, Deanne. Thank you for having me. And if you would like to be one of them, head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Free portfolio analysis. See you in a week on the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.